Now that Americans are inching closer to being post-COVID, thanks to the miracle vaccines in our arms, it's hard not to hear a collective sigh of relief. But tragically, not all Americans missed COVID's bullet. As of May 23rd, 604,087 Americans fell to COVID. That's over twice the nearly 300,000 Americans who died in World War II. So for us, with walk-in vaccine appointments available in drugstores for every adult and now kids over 12, as a nation, we're pretty well set. Meanwhile, on the other side of the globe, India's population of 1.4 billion is suffering from a massive COVID surge that's crippling not only the largest democracy on the planet, but America's back office. With India's colonial roots, about 130 million Indians speak English as their first, second, or third language. And the country's IT workforce accounts for nearly four and a half million employees who are working for over 2,000 American business process outsourcing, IT, and call center companies in India. Six years ago, when I visited Savihiman Singha Hospital in Jaipur, the largest in the state of Rajasthan, I was impressed with its 6,251 beds. UCSF, for example, has 726, and Cedars 886. It also has 1,500 doctors and 4,000 nurses who not only treat patients in its beds, but an additional 10,000 patients a day in its outpatient departments in normal times. I was also told by my host, Dr. Sunit Singha Ranawad, basically the hospital COO, that when the hospital was overwhelmed, an additional 15,000 patients could end up on mats on the floor. Based on today's news reports, nearly 98% of India is in lockdown, including the entire state of Rajasthan. So I can well imagine their hospital looks like this one. As reported in The New Yorker, doctors are constantly working the phones to procure what's needed for basic COVID-19 care. Oxygen, ventilators, immunosuppressive medications, antiviral drugs, and the like. Clearly, the highly contagious variant is accelerating the damage. As an example of how this plays out for thousands of American companies with employees in India, we've heard anecdotally from some of our members that they're hiring temps to fill in for upwards of two-thirds of their employees who are out sick with COVID and helping to cover for the 100% of their staff who are concerned about, if not personally caring for, sick family members. We've also heard that price gouging is going on now. Given a few months ago, anyone could purchase two vaccines for 200 rupees, less than $3. While today, if you can find them, they're 4,000 rupees, nearly $55 per dose. Further, in many hospitals, sometimes entire families are being cared for in each bed. Fortunately, some governments, UNICEF, Maricares, and Oxygen for India are helping. In fact, you can find a long list of worthy NGOs to donate to in the New York Times that are providing money for meals, medical expenses, PPE, and other essential supplies. This would also be an opportune time for the U.S. government to reinvigorate the Marshall Plan that General George C. Marshall advocated for when he was Secretary of State and President Harry Truman's administration. Formally called the European Recovery Program, the plan was largely to rebuild a Europe broken by bullets and bombs. Today, such a plan could share vaccines, drugs, and medical equipment with our neighbors in countries like India and Brazil that without our help will lose far more than the over 307,000 who've already succumbed in India and the 450,000 plus lost to COVID in Brazil. 
After all, if we have Americans who are refusing vaccines that the U.S. government has already paid for in storage room full of unused ventilators, we certainly shouldn't let them go to waste when our global neighbors are dying to have them.